0: Well, good. It was still Merry Christmas. We have eight days to uh, say Merry Christmas. It's not just one day, it's a whole season. We, as Catholic Christians, celebrate. And today, the special day, December 27th, is the feast, our parish feast, the Feast of St. John. They're going to have another Mass this evening at 7 o'clock. Father Eric will take care of that. Um, St. John, if, if we count it right, has written more books and letters than any other anyone else in the Bible. We have the Gospel. We have the three letters of St. John. And they're all short. Well, awesome idea to maybe read them. Consider reading the letters of St. John up uh, today. And then the Book of Revelation. So St. John had so much to share with us about the Lord. St. John is the one who rested his head on the breast, the chest of Jesus. St. John was the youngest of the apostles. He was called to follow Christ on the banks of the Jordan during the first day of our Lord's ministry. So St. John is a wonderful priest, or uh, yes, a priest, but a saint to preach to those uh, considering priesthood. You'll hear sometimes uh, retreat directors preach about St. John to to fellow priests, uh, but it's a good, maybe if we had a group of young men um, in a discernment camp or something of the sort to encourage young men to consider the priesthood, one, yes, because he was, he was young, but two, he gave up his livelihood. He gave up his everyth- everything. He gave up with his older brother. They both discerned priesthood to follow Jesus, right? They gave up the family business, the fishing business, James and John, Peter and Andrew as well. He was one of the privileged few present at the transfiguration. So remember, Peter, James, and John. The privileged few to see the Lord in the transfigured glory. After that moment, theological speculation, would they have had any doubt? We've seen the miracles, raising Lazarus from the dead, and then Jesus transforms in front of them. Very interesting to contemplate and take to our own personal prayer. And we ask St. John, of course, to pray for us, to intercede for us, to give us that heart like he had, the heart after Christ, united with Christ. When we come in and pray, priests are encouraged to pray our holy hour every day, and as the laity, too, spend some time with the Lord every day. Feel the Lord's heartbeat. It's a good meditation, something to take with you to your prayer. Put your head on Jesus's heart. He's here He wants to speak to us, yes, but just to sit in quiet and silence, it would be a good mini-retreat, just to spend time with the heartbeat of Jesus. At the Last Supper, oh, John also was in the agony in the garden, right? Peter, James, and John. The same from the mountain of transfiguration, the same three that Jesus chose to be with him at the agony who kept falling asleep. Jesus kept, kept calling them to be with him, to spend time with him. At the Last Supper... As I mentioned, John's head rested on the bosom of Jesus. And in the hours of passion, when others fled or denied their master, St. John kept his place by the side of Jesus. All the others left. Young John was the only one there. And Mary Magdalene and the Blessed Mother. But the only one of the twelve. And he stood at the cross with Mary and the final words, Behold your mother, he gives Mary to John. The other uh, theological tidbit, which is, applies to all of us, but especially those discerning priesthood and the priest, we need Mary. We need to be close to Mary. We need to be tight with Mary. She will help us in everything, especially in our priesthood. She is there for all of us. So we can't ever exhaust, just like you can't exhaust God's grace and, and turning to the Lord and for his mercy, we can't exhaust the union and the the spiritual graces that the Blessed Mother is willing to offer us. From the cross, the dying Savior bequeathed his mother to the care of the faithful apostle, who from that hour took her to his own. Thus fitly, as St. Augustine says, to a virgin was the virgin entrusted. After the ascension, St. John lived first at Jerusalem and then at Ephesus. There's a house that they found, they discovered, based on the visions of Blessed Anne Catherine Emmerich. She had these miraculous, incredible visions. They found the ruins of the house of Ephesus. She told archaeologists and explorers where it was. And she's in her bedside, she was a stigmatist, in her bed in Germany, explaining where the geography of where this house is, the ruins, they found it. Now, it's, I'm told, is the only place in the world where Christians and Muslims pray together in unity. It's the house of Ephesus in Turkey, where the Blessed Mother lived with St. John. Tradition says that he was thrown, St. John was thrown by the Emperor Domitian into a cauldron of boiling oil and is thus reckoned as a martyr, though miraculously preserved from hurt. God preserved him, right? Afterwards, he was banished to the, isle, the island of Patmos, where he received the heavenly visions described in the book of Revelation. And he died at a great age in peace at Ephesus in the year 100. So we turn to St. John in a special way, our patron saint of, of this parish. We, you, who, he, he was united to the heart of Jesus. He gave us that example. And he wrote, as we heard in the first uh, reading today, the, it's First John, um, that he wrote all of this so that, why? So that we will have joy. So that we will have joy. So let's always remember that the joy of the Lord from the prophet Nehemiah is our strength. The joy of the Lord is our strength. And we have to seek the heart of Christ, union with Jesus in everything. He is there for us. Blessed Mother Mary, intercede for us. St. John, intercede for us. Amen.